Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I am in conversation with one of the most dynamic, well-rounded, and hilarious performers working on either stage or screen right now. Tarek Davis can be seen weekly on Peacock's late-night talk show, The Amber Ruffin Show, and then on stage at the Booth Theater as a member of Freestyle Love Supreme. I spoke to him last Friday, smack dab in the middle of what was a three-show day for him, in between last week's filming for The Amber Ruffin Show on Peacock and before a two-show night for Freestyle Love Supreme. In the conversation, Tarek discusses the familial connections at play with both Amber Ruffin and Freestyle Love Supreme, the lifelong tools that he draws on for both shows, how his theater kid latchkey energy led him to improv, working with a longtime idol on stage at the booth, and much, much more. And what I love about this conversation is that you can so clearly hear all of the pre-show hustle, bustle, and commotion at the booth, from PA announcements to cast members warming up, even if that is not the most soothing of sounds at times. So stay tuned to that, especially as the interview goes on. Of course, in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com, we will have information on how you can get tickets to Freestyle Love Supreme, where and how to watch the Amber Ruffin show, and how you can connect with Tarek. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Tarek Davis. All right, Tarek, from what I understand, I've been told that we are recording just, it looks from the Zoom, it looks like, are you in your dressing room over at 30 Rock right now? Uh, no, I'm in my dressing room at the booth. Oh, okay. So are you doing a, a, a filming of, for the Amber Ruffin show tonight? Uh, we just finished. Just it. finished. Okay, so, so it's in between. In between, yeah. I literally just finished and walked over. Wow. Okay, so what is that day like going from the hilarity of a late night talk show to the uh, similar but different hilarity of, of Freestyle Love Supreme? Um. Very similar. I, it at this moment right now it feels like an embarrassment of riches. Uh, sure, I feel very fortunate that I get to work uh, in two spaces that are so warm and open and welcoming, and um, and like Amber's family. Um, she is my sister, and uh, and this is a family. Work uh, playing with Freestyle of Supreme. Uh, the 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 same bonds that like Amber and I created like 15 years ago, performing at a comedy theater in Amsterdam, uh, Copenhagen, Chicago, mm-hmm. um, where you, you know, you're flying out of the cannon and you have to really trust and, you know, uh, confide in the person you're flying with. And this show was very similar. So uh, even though the Amber Ruffin show um, is for the vast majority scripted, Energies are very similar to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and you mentioned Boom Chicago, which I was going to get to. But since you you brought it up, like this relationship and this this familial connection that you have with Amber is so obvious on the show. Um, And 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 I wonder how how that develops. And obviously, you've worked together for a long time, but as you move into, you know, from the comedy theater side of thing to a, you know, a television show that is going out to millions of people, how do you balance those and work on that to keep that fresh and authentic, but still kind of being true to the relationship that you've had for a decade and a half? Definitely. Um, I think 
a few things come into play. Um, we have a lot of love for the theater that we worked at in Amsterdam. Um, I tease it a lot because there were a lot of just conditions we had to perform under that, <laughs> that you know, um, we, you know, they make great stories now, but they really like, you know, performing in a storefront, a storefront, traveling all over Europe, going to like some village on the border of the Netherlands and Germany and like it, you know, uh, you know, it being a real village. <laughs> um, and like, you know, you're the not only are you the are we the Americans? We're the two black Americans. Um, and so there is a lot there for her and me to literally see each other as like life preservers um, sure. in that experience. And it's not too dissimilar here in the States. Uh, you know, things are a lot better. Like we are on television. Um, but I think that culturally we speak the same language. We're the same vibe. But more importantly than all that, Amber and I are the same kind of goofy. Yeah. We are. Anybody who watches is well aware of that. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're very goofy people. And, you know, that's um, uh, in my experience, I, you know, Amber was a very unique individual uh, in my life that um, shared that type of goof. And um, I don't know if I'm the same for her. I imagine I am. But like us being like, oh, no, we're both the same kind of goof. Um, great. So this is always going to work out. And if I can make her laugh, if she can make me laugh. Um, that keeps us afloat. And I think that keeps it fresh. And uh, the the icing on the cake is the fact that people seem to enjoy us being goofy together. Yeah, it's funny because I was going to start with all the freestyle of Supreme stuff and then make it to the Amber Ruffin show stuff. But we kind of went there naturally. But in addition to the goofy side of things, one of the things that is clearly obvious about both of you and it comes through in just about, if not every single episode of the show, is in addition to your love of goofiness, you also have this love for music. And obviously that plays into Freestyle Love Supreme as well. And not mm -hmm. only that, but, you know, there's a ton of theater music type stuff involved as well. What is, I know, in addition to being a, you know, a comic and doing improv and all that stuff, you do have theater background uh, as well. So where is the balance of all of these disparate parts of your performing background and, and, and where do they all come together and how do they all come together? So kind of beautifully in the things that you're working on right now. Oh, that is a great question. Um, I wonder, I mean, I think a lot of it is, I wonder this may be an old man on the lawn kind of answer, but like, yeah. um, me and Amber are like only 10 days apart in age. Oh, wow. And with freestyle, like, um, like Anthony, Lynn, Jelly, Shock, uh, Anissa is younger, but like we're all pretty much the same age. And I think there's a a latchkey theater kid vibe. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. You know, like um, like we're all theater kids uh, in a sense, like we all have that theater kid nerdy energy, but we're also yeah. all like latchkey kids. And so you know, I grew up, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, and there was just a saturation of so much pop culture. And a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that stuck for me and Amber, and I imagine for Lynn and uh, everyone else is the music. And 
you would, you know, there was growing up in the 80s, like, you know, I was I was having a conversation the other day of just like, you know, I had uh, I listened to Prince. I listened to Michael Jackson. I listened to Run DMC and Public Enemy and NWA and Digital Underground. That is a and Tri- Tribe Called Quest and Al Jarreau. Like that right there is a very wide array of musical genres. Yeah. And Amber is a similar way. So we can start singing. Well, normally what will happen like in between takes, we dance and we sing. Um, and Amber and I can't complete a sentence without someone hearing a phrase. Like, you know, she said the other day, like, you know, yeah, uh, you know, we had to take it to the streets and I'll just say, taking it to the streets <laughs> and start singing the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's just, I think it's part of that. It's a very complex answer, but I think it's part yeah. of like growing up and watching a lot of television or listening to a lot of radio, um, with theater kid energy. And so you just have this Rolodex of references and, um, and just songs and dances to pull from. And we uh, we are kind of amazed that we kind of get to put on these like plays. <laughs> That's how we feel about it. Like yeah. we're putting on plays for our family, and like no one's telling us to stop. Yeah, no, I, I love it, and, and I'm about the same age. I grew up in the '80s and '90s, and all of those references. Like I can't hear things without thinking of some random song that I remember in the back of a car that my parents were playing on the radio or something like that. Exactly. It's a very it's I feel like it's a different age today where we have access to so much music. Yeah. And I don't know if that changes the attitudes of, well, I can listen to that anytime. But like, you know, we all to watch a program on TV or on the radio, like you didn't have control over that. And so what came on it always it was you paid more attention. There was it was. There was, a, you know, there was a sense of specialness to everything that you were able to consume media wise. Yeah. yeah. And it sticks with you longer because of that paying attention, like those those little hooks or the, the lyrics stay in there. And I imagine that that is incredibly helpful in all types of improv, whether that is freestyle of Supreme or not. But right. to have that Rolodex of references to be able to pull out, uh, I, I'm sure that that's one of the very, very one of the most very helpful tools that you have in the toolbox when you're doing improv, whether that's rapping hip hop with freestyle of Supreme or just regular traditional improv on stage at boom Chicago or something. Absolutely. And it's one of the, for me, it's, that was my kind of key um, into performing. I was a very like reluctant, uh, introverted, shy uh, and quiet child, Um, you know, uh, had a lot of, um, you know, suffer a lot of anxiety being in front of people and in large crowds. But I loved, you know, I love television. I love movies. And uh, that's where my daydreams were always like going there. And I was always just like, you know, um, you know, daydreaming about what it would it be great to perform like, you know, <laughs> like Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you do be brothers um, there. Yeah. Right. But then, you know, uh, I, I, I found my way to the stage and all that stuff kind of just poured out. Um, and you start 
having, you know, there are other voices that are pouring out of you and you do it long enough, you start to find your own voice and figure out like, oh, all right, this, this is me. Um, and this is, this feels good. I'm not afraid to be in front of people anymore. Yeah. Um, well, getting a little bit more into the depths of Freestyle Love Supreme, obviously I, you were a special guest when they were on Broadway the first time. You're not part of the cast here, but you were a part of the cast at the Kennedy Center at, at uh, in Washington, D.C., and yeah. you work with the Academy as well. Where did mm-hmm. the connection to Freestyle Love Supreme come from? When did you first get involved? Was it just because you were somebody who loved music and worked in improv and it kind of worked? Or what, what was the connection there? It was a few. Um, So again, Boom Chicago, Um, Hmm. a friend of a mutual friend of Anthony Venezialis and mine, uh, this talented individual named Jamie Wright, uh, was our video director at Boom Chicago, but was also from San Francisco. And after Hmm. he left Boom, he went back to San Fran and um, he was working. He was, you know, running comedy festivals out there and doing stuff with av and jelly and david diggs and so in 2019 winter of 2019 he was in town and invited me to see freestyle the supreme that's this is before they were right before they were on broadway at the greenwich space theater i met anthony after the show um and we anthony and i had tons in common (laughs) and tons of friends in common um like close friends and we were both practicing and doing improv in New York around the same time in the same space. So we were like, we've either done shows before and don't remember, but we yeah, must have yeah, crossed yeah. each other's paths. And uh, a couple months later, I got a, an email inviting me out to the freestyle audition. And um, I suspected Anthony had recommended me, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. Uh, I went in, uh, James Monroe, Englehart was there with Tommy Kale, and they were running it. And it was the one of the best audition experiences I've ever had. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, if not the, uh, just because how they ran the room and it was, it did not feel like an audition at all. It was, felt so warm and it was, the vibe was just like, hey, come and play. Um, and I really didn't like, I was not that I didn't care, but I was just like, man, whether I get the job or not, I just had so much fun. Um, and then immediately I got a call back and right after the call back, uh, Tommy Kale approached me. He was like, so you got the job. And, uh, so you're going to be <laughs> doing shows at the Kennedy center for a week. How do you feel about that? You're free. You're going to, you're free. You're going to do that. And yeah. I'm like, uh, and Tommy Kale's very, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, brilliant way of saying that. And I was just like, Okay, and uh, that weekend I had to take a train into DC and I had to learn the show in a day and then perform it for a week with the cast. And it was uh, one of the highlights of my life. Yeah, well, I imagine at some point in there, maybe I would assume probably before the DC run, it, it is a a freestyle of supreme tradition that everybody has to have their nickname um and yeah. i've interviewed jelly donut and young niece before anisa is, is makes a little bit more sense jelly donuts is a, is a better story so where i i know what these two words mean tardis and hardaway but where did the combination of the two come from um so they came from so when i went to the kennedy center uh it was in the summer and i had like this jean like 
they all everyone wears a costume on stage yeah and you you know it's a process lisa zinni our costume designer uh you know she it's a it, it takes weeks if not months she talks to you talks about what you like i didn't have that luxury when i first joined them so uh, they asked me what I had and like I sent photos and they were like, oh, you this jean vest you have is really nice. And on it, there's a patch that looks like a NASA patch, but it says TARDIS because mm-hmm. I'm a nerd and I'm a big fan it. of Doctor Who. I was hoping there was that connection there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, you know, so I'm wearing the vest and, you know, we got to do the show and AV tells me, he's like, yeah, you got to come up with a name. And I look at the patch and I'm like, my name is Tarek Davis, T-A-R-I-K-D-A-V-A-S. If you take those two names and squish them together, lose a few words, you'll get TARDIS. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how about, you know, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. Uh, This patch is on my vest. How about I just go by TARDIS? And Anthony's like, oh, I love it, but it it needs something else. Uh, We need something else. And he was like, you know. You got a favorite basketball player, football player. And I was like, I loved uh, Anthony Hardaway. Yeah. Uh, a little penny a in there. Yeah. Yeah. A little penny. Um, uh, and so he was like, you know, all right. Tardis Hardaway. I love that. Being somebody who is also a huge nerd, uh, but also a sports fan. I love that there's a combination of both of those uh, in there as well. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, you know, uh, Anthony Hardaway. I love both and like and Tim Hardaway. And Tim, yeah, they were like you know, I had the Tim Hardaway sneakers when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a tragic day when I realized I was not going to grow <laughs> to be six <laughs> five. Yeah, and be able to uh, to play in the NBA. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, you know, being part, being that that generation X kid growing up in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties and basketball was such a, an amazing sport at that point yeah i love that uh, it still is now but like then you just that had era. so many personalities and yeah that era was was definitely special but um real quick i i know you've got to get ready for the show so i don't want to take too much of your time but okay. i i getting back to uh the amber ruffin show is it fair like is calling you a sidekick is that is that uh, a pejorative term or is that the accurate term for what you are in the way that show works? I feel like it's an accurate term. I don't think it's, pejorative. I, I think it's like the way I see it and the way it made sense to me is so Amber first told me about it. She, so when I was a special guest for freestyle and I, I'm, I'm realizing in this interview how yeah. much Amber and freestyle, like kind of yeah. connect and loop around each other. She did she did one of the shows with me that week. Oh, and wow. we had a blast and like we got a standing O and it was like an emotional moment for her and I. And so we hang out afterwards and we're at like a diner with some friends and she she the announcement of the Amber Ruffin show had just been made. And so this is before COVID and all that. And she's like, Yeah, uh, we're gonna it's we got like a year to you know, figure out what the show's gonna be. Um, but, uh, I'm excited to, you know, do it. I have no idea what it's going to be. It'll probably be me, you, and our head writer, Jenny Hagel, figuring it out. And, you know, it's not that I didn't believe Amber, but I was just like, you know. Yeah, stuff happens. uh, Yeah, stuff happens. I was just like, okay, sure, whatever. And, uh, to 2020, September of 2020, 
uh, like two weeks before we premiere, Amber calls me. She's like, so you want to do this show with me? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, sure. And it felt like I was her psych. I felt like I was jumping into an adventure and I was going to support my sister. You know what I mean? So in that case, I feel like sidekick is like, yeah, I'm, you know, if I'm Pancho Villa to her, um, oh man, I'm, I, how do I remember Pancho Villa and not, uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the book. It's skipping oh, my brain right now. You're talking Don Quixote and, Don Quixote. and Sancho oh, Panza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm Sancho, uh, Sancho, never mind. I you got right I, I got the I got the uh, Man of La Mancha reference. It's totally fine. If I'm if she's Batman, I'm her Robin. There you go. That's simple. Uh, and so yeah, it, it's I, I I think it's a term of endearment. I like it. Yeah, and in in the history of late night talk shows, like there's always those those sounding boards to work off, like the Ed McMahon and Andy Richter and Guillermo and even Higgins over there in in Thirty Rock as well and Paul Schaefer. So it that's a it's a pretty good legacy and lineage as well. Yeah, no, it's not something I would have ever imagined for myself. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty happy to to be in that school, you know, with Andy Richter. Come on. Yeah. It's great. Well, a couple more questions here and I'll let you go. But with totally. Freestyle Love Supreme, like everybody who's ever been a part of that group in whatever form or fashion. Uh, and I talked with Cody Renard Richard a couple of weeks ago about even, you know, being the stage manager and stuff. There is just such an affection that everybody seems to have, not only for the work that they're doing, but for each other uh, and all the people that they're doing it with. And and I just wonder if, you know, having been one of the fairly newer additions to the crew, like what stepping into that is like, like, obviously, you kind of talked about the, the similarities between that familial feeling and the stuff you have with Amber, but like when you're joining a group that ev- that just seems like a, a, a huge love fest for the stuff you're creating and for each other, what's it like to come into that, be the new guy, and then get caught up to speed on all of those connections and relationships that a lot of other people have had for decades? Well, that was... It's a great question. I feel like the for me, that experience was probably probably a test of... that would to me was like the thing I had to call the most experience on. Hmm. Um, I've been an actor for like 20 years and it was like, like this is a very well, a warm and welcoming group and they made me feel incredibly safe. Um, And uh, so much of that goes to them. But then there was this aspect of like, of this is a, you know, it's a train on, it's a, it's going like, 800 miles an hour and it doesn't stop and it's a well-oiled machine that they've been perfecting for a long time exactly it's a very well-oiled machine and so i you know a lot of i just had to call on a lot of experience and catch up and and hold on for dear life (laughs) um but then there's also an aspect of just like being okay to make mistakes yeah um and I feel like that's probably got to be something that you hone or you have to hone early on in any improv career, especially. Yeah. Uh, but in here it's, it's, you know, it seemingly feels like what we're doing, you know, it's such a high wire act on such a elevated platform. Um, and with such talented performers. Um, 
you know, there, you know, the, the weight of all that, the gravity of all that, and it can get to you and you can feel like you're letting people down. If you're mm-hmm. not able to fly as high as Wayne Brady or fly as fast and as clever as Lynn or Utkarsh or Jelly or Nisa. Um, and so the, after, you know, the professional side kicks in, uh, I'm very fortunate that this happened to me at the age I'm at now hmm. where I'm like, I'm almost a little too old to try to be anybody else. Yeah. And so being saying to yourself and like really realizing like, well, I'm just going to, I'm me, you get me. Um, and that's enough. And Tommy Kale created such a show where like the audience will get you and everyone else, you know, when we do true and, you know, we're doing the high wire act for a lot of the show. And then there's a moment where we just kind of bear who we are. Um, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the show because it's just like, it, that isn't just cathartic. It's cathartic for me. Um, yeah. But I think it's cathartic. For, like everyone kind of becomes, it's corny, but everyone becomes it's family at that point. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, Wayne Brady and you mentioned the fact that you and Amber were special guests on the last Broadway run. You've had some really, really cool special guests lately. I know I, I know you're not in every show, but I saw you were working with like the greatest clown of all time, Bill Irwin, uh, a few days incredible. ago. Like, incredible. Yeah, do you have well, two questions. Do you have a favorite moment of working with any of the special guests? And secondly, can you give us any hints? Uh, are you allowed to give us any hints on who some special guests might be? I'm going to be there on Wednesday. So maybe if you know who's going to be there on Wednesday, <laughs> who it might be. But uh, but no, but do you have any special memories of working with the guests uh, that really stick out from this uh, these last few weeks? Yeah. Um, I mean, Josh Groban was just a, I mean, he's so funny. So funny. Um, uh, and I know he had done shows with Freestyle before, but doing a show with him, I was like, man, it's it, it, like you're a straight up improviser. Like you, he's got the chops for that. He And he's got that incredible voice. And uh, yeah, it, it was like he, that was fun because it was just like, he's feels like one of the cast members. Um, That's cool. Bill Earn was, Bill Earn was, uh, was incredible because it was just like, uh, I've grown, you know, I ever, I was yeah. a baby when Popeye came out and that movie was huge for me. Like I used to dress up, like I used to try <laughs> to like put a dish towel in my shirt yeah. and wear my dad's like fishes, fishing hat and turn it upside down. And I remember seeing him in Popeye and I was like, who is this guy that moves like a hula hoop or can <laughs> bounce or like, I was, I was like fascinated and would try to do his moves, um, not knowing like it was clown work, not knowing precisely what impact Bill Irwin was having in like yeah. uh, the clown scene, the theater scene. And then like it would, it would kept, it kept happening. It was like uh, Sesame Street, My Blue Heaven. Uh, every time I would see him, I would like, I would try to like learn the dance that he was doing. He did in yeah. Blue Heaven, My Blue Heaven, like yeah. to know that. Um, and so when I got to meet him, it was like, I got tongue tied. I don't ever really get tongue tied around someone like 
well known, but like that was like a oh my god, you have no idea. But you've been in my life this forever, <laughs> and yeah. now you're here, and now we're playing together. We're actually in the same sandlot, and we get to play together. It doesn't get it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, especially before the show. I am a, a big Thank fan. You. And uh, is that half hour? Are you getting half hour right now? Is that what you... people are warming up? <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard some people. I can't exactly tell who it is, but uh, I've heard some folks. But uh, I'm so thrilled for your success, both with the Amber Ruffin Show and Freestyle Love Supreme and uh, continue success with everything. And uh, I, like I said, I'm going to be there on Wednesday, so I can't wait to see the show. Are you going to be or do you know if you're going to be in yet? I'm not 100% sure, okay. but I, it's a good chance. Okay, very cool. Well, have a great two shows tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's so great meeting you. You too. Have a good night. You too. Take care.